So a lot of people today are very deceived about the identity of Mystery Babylon. I've talked about this quite a few times in my most recent episodes, but especially in my end time series. So I'm going to preface this podcast, this episode with an invitation, a loving, encouraging invitation to learn the truth, because you are probably deceived about the end times, like I was. And ultimately, you have to realize that there is no position out of any of the popular end times views that is without error. This is why we have to seek the narrow road and understand Bible prophecy in context of itself, understand revelation in context of Daniel, understand what God means by his time prophecies when he gives them like 1260 days. Is that really days or is it years? All these things are so, so important. And you also have to understand the context of history and how the current understandings, plural, because there's many different kinds. There's dispensationalism, premillennialism, postmillennialism, preterism, all these things. How, how did they come about? Where did they come from? Who made them up? And of course, that last one, who made them up? The answer is Mystery Babylon, to hide her identity. And today, especially with all the Israel stuff, with the quote-unquote deep state, with all the things that are going on, the cabal, all these things are triggering people into believing the false prophecy that Mystery Babylon created to hide herself. They believe that Babylon is falling or Babylon is fallen. She's falling. She's falling. We're finally here. We finally conquered Mystery Babylon. When in reality, she is luring you in to the greatest deception in the history of mankind ever. That's what the Bible warns you about. So let's get to it. Let's figure out who this Mystery Babylon really is. And again, I preface this by saying, look, go check out my end time series, especially the episodes. There's two of them specifically dedicated to Mystery Babylon because there's so much to talk about and so much to document. Ideally, you'd watch the whole series so you have the context of all these other things because end times is a very complex topic and you have to understand your basics, but watch those two episodes so you really understand the truth in this matter. But let's see what the internet thinks. So I'm here on BitChute, and if I type in Babylon is Fallen, I don't know how loud my keyboard is, but hopefully it's not too loud. But let's look at these titles. Let that sink in, hammer, whatever, Pelosi, Bolsonaro, Babylon is Fallen. This this person I know, she's all into the Q Kool-Aid, but Babylon is Fallen, false prophet, Pope Francis says, do not try to convince an unbeliever. So is the, is the Pope now the false prophet? Do you see, do you see how this tends to roll out. Babylon has fallen. Satan's temple inside the Vatican. Oh yeah, the Vatican is definitely Mystery Babylon, but she's not falling. She's rising. Babylon has fallen. Word of encouragement. All these things. Babylon has fallen. Demonic Hollywood. Cabal. Lady Gaga. You know, this is Babylon is Hollywood now. Babylon has fallen. Cardinal Schoenbrunn hosts, hosts satanic play at Vienna Cathedral. So there's just a mishmash of ideas between who, who is Babylon? Mayday, USA, who, FEMA, NWO, Babylon has fallen, who is like unto the beast? So it's the World Health Organization as the beast now? Let's look at YouTube. I type in Babylon has fallen. You can type in Babylon is falling or is fallen. I mean, you're going to get the same stuff. You got something by John MacArthur. And John MacArthur, 
has some good things, but you know, he's deceived on the end times, like most evangelicals are. Even reformed people, which they don't realize that I, I believe almost a hundred percent of the reformers were historicists, meaning they looked at Bible prophecy historically. They didn't look at it from a futurist lens, because futurism wasn't invented yet. Futurism was it was created by the Jesuits during the Counter-Reformation as a response to the Reformation who identified Mystery Babylon, the woman who sits on seven hills, which we'll get to. We'll see exactly what the Bible has to say and match it to reality. But the Reformers were historicists. And today, much to the chagrin of Luther and Wesley and all these Calvin and all these people that made strides in the faith— much to their chagrin, all these reformed theologians like John MacArthur are futurists, even dispensationalists, which goes right into the plan of the beast. So silly. Again, this is why the Reformation was lost, because although it made some strides, at the end of the day, Mystery Babylon still won. She won because of many things. One of them is eschatology. Most Protestants today have Catholic eschatology. So make sure your eschatology is not created by the Jesuits. But look at this, Puritan hymn, Babylon. Okay, Mystery Babylon. Who is, the, who is the whore of Babylon? Mystery Babylon. All these videos about who Mystery Babylon is, and all of them talk about the USA being Mystery Babylon. Look at this one. Is America in the Bible? Yeah, it is, but not Mystery Babylon. America is the false prophet, and I talk about it in my end time series. Fallen is Babylon. No, not yet. Babylon is fallen. Babylon, the political economic system. This right here is a great, I haven't even watched this video, but again, these are just looking at the main titles. Like, do you realize that the Bible warns you about a spiritual power that counterfeits the kingdom of God and sets itself up between man and God? It's a counterfeit that the Bible warns you about. It warns you about a spiritual power that invades the body of Christ and sets itself up as a counterfeit. It doesn't warn you of a political power. This is another inversion by Babylon, by the real Babylon, to hide her identity. Instead of looking for spiritual powers that have infiltrated the body of Christ, you're looking for a political power, a communist dictator, maybe a Muslim dictator, some political charming fellow that's just going to rally an army and then suddenly walk into a Jewish temple, not the body of Christ, and proclaim himself to be God. Totally different reality. Completely different. And it's a false reality, but most people believe that. Let's look at Rumble. This is Babylon has fallen. Again, you can just search these for your own and see, see what comes up. But most of these are, you know, Babylon the Great by Brennan Kelly. Some of these are related to music videos, but Babylon has fallen, King Sarah's paradigm, and it's like, oh my gosh, all eyes on Louisville, something is brewing, watch the water. Again, more Q nonsense. 42 series, the Babylon has fallen, part 42, part 20. Uniparty exposed, billions requested, Cheney. Again, no, current stuff to do with the U.S., with the deep state. Look at this one. Is the New World Order defeated? End of the cabal. And it's got a you know model of the Tower of Babel burning, and it's like, dude... <laughs> You're missing the mark. Babylon the Great erupts like Vesuvius over America. Whore of Babylon battling America for soul of the world. No, 
The whore of Babylon and America are in cahoots because America is the false prophet that will make people worship the beast, which will lead to mystery Babylon. Revelation, mystery Babylon, the great escape the matrix. I mean, there's just, again, there's such a mishmash of stuff that again, you can, you can search for it yourself. And here's what it comes down to guys. It comes down to this. People believe that America and, or the deep state and, or the cabal and, or the United Nations, the who and, or the Zionist state of Israel and it's all, all of its, you know, Mossad operations and whatever else, or the military industrial complex, just put in your generic, you know, control mechanism in there and say, yeah, that's mystery Babylon. But how do you know who mystery Babylon is? Well, first off, mystery Babylon comes from revelation 17. It's not a made up term. It's a term that God outlined and created to identify the final iteration of the antichrist power on the earth. Again, I'm not going to go into super detail on this podcast because there's just a lot to talk about. So that's why I encourage you to watch my end time series, specifically the episodes on Mystery Babylon. But what what you're looking at when you survey the breadth of all of history is this Babylonian empire. It starts with Babylon, the real Babylon, and it goes through these various iterations, Persia, Greece, Rome. Then out of Rome comes this unique power, which is the papacy, has a personal representative, rules with an iron fist through a church-state union, which is basically the kings of the earth were giving their power to the Pope. The Pope didn't win with an army like all the previous empires. He won by peace. By peace he shall destroy many. That's in Daniel. And he will have army, but not of his own. Everything's by proxy. It's a very different kind of power, but nonetheless... It is a continuation of this Babylonian, basically satanic kingdom on the earth, suppressing the word, suppressing God's people. And in its final iteration, instead of being pagan, it now infiltrated the church because paganism doesn't work anymore. Christianity, you can't, you couldn't stop the gospel from going out. And the devil realized that after the cross. He, for 200 years, he killed Christians ruthlessly. I mean, if you were living in that time, it was probably one of the worst times in history to be a Christian. People were getting fed to lions, crucified, persecuted left and right, but it wasn't working. So Satan, as usual, because he's a master of duality, switched tactics from dark to light, which is exactly what's happening right now yet again. And I talk about that in my series. We're going from dark, which is the big bad boogeyman of communism and secularism, the United Nations and, you know, all this other stuff, the cabal, the deep state, however you want to call it, the dark. The dark is losing. Yeah, the dark is losing, but that doesn't mean a good thing. It just means the false light is winning. They're going from dark to light. The dark is there so that you can run to the light. Now, what is the opposite of the dark in this case? What is the opposite of communism, secularism, atheism, you know, all, all this cricket eating and all the things that are blasted at you and, and transsexual story time. What is the opposite of that? You ever thought about it? Because it is a dialectic. The opposite is Christian nationalism. The opposite is religion in the sense of institutionalized religion, the merging of religion with culture. That's what the opposite is. It's good old-fashioned values, 
going back to church and reading the Bible in schools. Now, look, I am totally for reading the Bible in schools. However, we should never as Christians try to make political outcomes. This is the great deception. And it is a deception that millions of people are walking into because they don't know eschatology, meaning the study of the end times. They're deceived. And number two, they think that the real enemy, Babylon is falling, is the deep state. It's the dark that is so obviously in people's face right now. And so they're very deceived. And because of that, they're walking right into the real mystery Babylon, which is going to be a union of church and state where all the kings of the earth give their power to the beast, to the papacy, as it was, if you know your history, for 1400 years, a little over that. If I'm counting from Constantine when he unified church and state, of course, the Pope wasn't really officially the Grand Poobah until 538 AD, but still 1400 years, you had a, a union of church and state that persecuted people if it if they didn't obey. Started with Sunday laws, and then you had the Inquisitions, Crusades, persecution of the Reformers, so much of that. Again, people don't know their history, and so they're walking right into the beast. So what is Mystery Babylon? Well, Mystery Babylon is the final iteration of this Antichrist power on the earth. Now, Daniel takes us through these various empires until the end of time, but he doesn't have any you know, like super highly detailed things. It's just the bird's eye view of these empires, including the papacy, which is the Christian nationalist empire that ruled the earth. So then if you understand that, then John picks up where Daniel leaves off with the little horn. And again, I talk about all of this in my series. I don't have time today to really break these things down, but go check it out if you're interested in these things, because a lot of people are deceived. John picks up where Daniel leaves off. And his first beast from the sea is the papacy. It's the same thing as the little horn described in Daniel. But John gives us extra details in that final space of time right before Christ returns. Like what's going to happen in this final slice of time after the little horn power takes power? Because it rules for a very long time, 1260 years. And then, you know, some more through other, other means, through secret societies. So John describes that this little horn comes to power, it rules just like Daniel says, but then it receives this mortal wound. It seems like it does. And then it kind of basically seems like it's dead, but then it's not. And it comes back to life and people marvel after the beast. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, how does that happen? And of course, as you continue reading, which is Revelation 13, what you find out is that John gives you more detail. This is classic way of narrating prophecy. You get a a view. It's like a typewriter. You get a view and then he goes back to the beginning, describes another layer of detail. So that's what John does. He he tells you, look, this little horn power, this first beast is going to come to power. It's going to seem like it dies, but then it comes back to power and everybody marvels after this power and worships it. And then of course, the natural question is, well, how, how does that happen? Well, give me more details, John. And he does. Then he tells you about the second beast which is not a person. It's not Pope Francis. The second beast is the false prophet, but beasts are kingdoms and powers and and political systems. And the second beast has certain qualities to it. And I talk about that in my series. And that second beast is the United States. So spoiler alert, 
The United States is not Mystery Babylon, and I will prove it to you. If you have eyes to hear, or eyes to see and ears to hear. But the United States is the false prophet that ultimately shepherds people back to that outcome that John saw. So the, the beast, the first beast gets wounded, seems like it does, mortally wounded. But then it comes back to life and people worship it. Well, how, do, how does that happen? How does it come back to life and people worship the beast? Well, he tells you the second beast fools people into building an image to the first beast so that they worship the first beast because they're deceived. What does all that mean? Well, an image is a representation. And if the first beast was a Christian nationalist system, then the second beast, which is also a political power, it's a kingdom on the earth, fools people into building a representation of the first beast and worshiping it. What does that mean? That means this system, America, will deceive people into building a Christian nationalist system yet again. And you can tell from all of the things that are happening in the United States, look at all the things that have come out of the United States specifically. Hollywood, Signs and Wonders, Passion of the Christ, the Halo app, millions of people are downloading it, and basically it's a Catholic app. The Chosen, all these different things are coming out in Christianizing culture now, and especially with the more they push on you with the dark stuff, the more you want the light. But it's not the light of the gospel. It's the light of the church. It's the light of the Pope. It's the light of religion. It's the false light, the counterfeit that came to set itself up between man and God. So the United States, I mean, look at the prosperity gospel. Look at word of faith healing, the New Age movement, progressive Christianity, the charismatic movement. All these things were created in the United States. If you know anything about Christian nationalism in the United States from the moral majority in the 80s, I cover all this stuff in my series, very well documented, dozens of articles, dozens of pieces of evidence so you can see. Ironically, the United States will be, the job of the United States as the false prophet is to show the world that a union between church and state is a good thing. I know that sounds completely crazy because the United States is supposed to be, well, you know, separation of church and state. Well... Think twice about that, because it's not exactly what you think it is. That's a dialectic, and it was created that way. And that dialectic is now resolving. So John sees this second beast, and the second beast basically fools people into building an image. They worship the image, and this image gets exported to the rest of the world, meaning all the world will adopt this system. And when it does, there will be a way for the kings of the earth to give their power to the beast, to Mystery Babylon. This is the setup. And the final thing that John sees is Mystery Babylon in Revelation 17, which is a very specific entity, a political entity. And how this entity exists is very important to understand because it gives you an idea of the trajectory of what to watch. Instead of watching Israel all the time and what's happening in Israel or what's up with the deep state, or the WHO, or the UN, you need to be watching other things, more important things. Because the snake is giving you a little distraction to look at, little shiny bell, little, 
you know, shiny little rhinestone. And then meanwhile, it's slithering around in the darkness, preparing the way for a one world religion, a one world spiritual system where you will have to pay worship in order to exist. This is what the Bible warns you about. So let's go to Revelation 17 and see what this final iteration is that the kings of the earth will give their power to. Once the image of the beast is done, and it's almost done, people. It really is. Again, go watch my episode on that, but it's almost done. But once this system is done, what will we be in? What's the system that we're headed to? What is the final outcome? And that is the great prostitute, the whore of Babylon. Revelation 17, we're going to read the whole thing. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on the earth have become drunk. Now, let's just stop right there. I'm going to give a little commentary as we go. A woman in the Bible has always been a picture of the body of believers in the Old Testament Israel was either a virgin or a prostitute, depending on whether they were faithful or unfaithful. Prostitution, adultery, is a picture of spiritual unfaithfulness. So when you have a prostitute, who that's like who she is, that's a picture of an unfaithful group of people. Now, as of the New Testament, the woman is the bride of Christ. But the bride of Christ is a virgin. Those are the true elect that God has chosen to save. There is a counterfeit of the bride of Christ, and that's who the prostitute of Babylon is. She is a prostitute, meaning she's a counterfeit church. The true church is spiritual in nature. It's non-denominational. It's in the kingdoms. It's in the, it's in the heart. The kingdom is in the heart of people and of believers. It's not a physical place. But the counterfeit, the great whore of Babylon, is a physical counterfeit. It's a it's an apostate church because she's a woman and she's a prostitute. We also know the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her. Well, in the context of this, it's talking about unfaithfulness. They have basically traded their freedom to be slaves of this woman. They have committed all sorts of treachery with her because remember the Pope and the, the papacy rules by proxy through diplomacy, through manipulating, you know, if you read The Art of War, and I covered that in one of my episodes too, The Art of War was probably written by the Jesuits. And what is the, what is the prime responsibility of the sovereign in The Art of War? Manipulation of the divine threads. Very interesting, isn't it? But let's move on. So, so far we have a little bit of a, a fleck of color to who this person, who this entity is. Verse three, and he carried me away in the spirit into, into a wilderness, and I saw a woman, there it is again, sitting on a scarlet beast. Now, this scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. If you read Revelation 13, this is very reminiscent of the beast that John saw, which is the first beast. And if we know the first beast is the same as the little horn, which is basically the power that came out of Rome which is the papacy. It's the conglomerate of all these different empires, Babylon, Egypt, Persia, Greece, Rome, into a religio-political power that's a counterfeit. This beast that the woman sits on is very reminiscent of that first beast. It's very interesting. Verse 4, The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. 
So this woman is adorned in red and purple. And she's also adorned in gold and jewels and pearls. So she's very wealthy and she wears red and purple. Well, we know of only one church. Because remember, it's a woman and it's an apostate church. But we know of only one church that is wear, that is wearing red and purple. And that's the Catholic church. The bishops and the cardinals wear red and purple. That is the leadership of the Catholic Church. We also know that this woman in Revelation 17, she's decked in gold and jewels and and pearls, meaning she's very opulent. There's no wealthier organization in the history of kingdoms than the Catholic Church. The papacy is the most opulent and wealthy organization there is. They have all the gold, all the jewels, all the wealth. And in her hand, there is a cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And as you'll see, she is very much defined by her abominations. Because in verse 5, which is the next verse, it says, And on her forehead was written the name of mystery, Babylon the great mother of prostitutes and of the earth's abominations. Now, this is the ESV. In the KJV, it says a little bit better, I believe. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So what does that mean? Well, a name written on your forehead is your identity. It's who you are. It's the quality and the character of of your nature of being. So we have a couple of great identifiers here. Mystery Babylon, the great. So she's very powerful, obviously so. Mother of prostitutes and also of the earth's abominations. Now, prostitutes, again, we have to read everything in context. A woman represents the church as of the New Testament. Of course, there's only one bride of Christ, but there are many prostitutes, which are counterfeits of the bride. Now, the mother of those prostitutes is the Catholic Church, and she brags about that. I've documented before that the the Catholic Church says that she's the mother of all the churches. And you know what? It's true. Anybody who denies that doesn't know their history. The Catholic Church was the first church because the union of church and state happened in 321 AD. As soon as that happened, you had the Catholic system, which is basically the the false counterfeit that the prophets warned about. And within 150 years, you started having councils and people started splitting off. In 1054, the Eastern Orthodox Church split off. Then you had the Reformation And of course, today there's a billion churches. And so ultimately, she's the mother of harlots because each one of these denominations gets something wrong. For example, the Reformers, Baptists. I just talked about it with John MacArthur. Baptists get a lot of things right most of the time, but they also have Catholic eschatology. They're a prostitute. They also worship on Sunday as the day of rest. Now, you can worship God any day of the week. This is a contentious issue. It's not about worship. It's about when do you acknowledge God as the creator? And that's the seventh day, which is Saturday. But all these denominations, except for Seventh-day Adventists, have something that ties them back to the harlot, whether it's Sunday rest, Catholic eschatology, you know, you name it. There's a bunch of different things. Institutionalization through various ranks and, you know, centralization of power cosmology, all these things are tying you back to the harlot. Because true biblical Christianity 
on all of these points is very much contested by culture. And of course, these modern day harlots are too afraid to acknowledge that. They don't want to, and that's why the Protestants lost the Reformation. But she's the mother of harlots, and that applies to the Catholic Church. Now, she's also the mother of Earth's abominations. Now, if you know your history, you know that very early on, a couple hundred years after the Pope was officialized, in fact, actually about a hundred years, Islam was created initially to basically create an army for the Pope and subjugate all the biblical Christians in the Near East, where Paul had evangelized. And of course, Muhammad was surrounded by Catholics and Catholic influences. There's a lot of similarities between Catholicism and Islam. Believe it or not, it's like the dark and the light. They're two two sides of the same devil coin. And those two sides are integrating, and they will integrate at the end of time, because all the harlots will come back to their mother. But Islam got out of control, and that led to the Crusades as a response, which killed a lot of people, and millions of people died. Uh, the Catholic Church is also the mother of the Inquisition, of the persecution, the Sunday law persecutions. She's the mother of all these harlot churches, which eventually led to things like dispensationalism, charismatic movement, hyper-charismatic movement, word of faith, if you look into faith healer uh, history, Catherine Kuhlman in the United States. She was a Jesuit operative. She was surrounded by Jesuits. The Jesuits are the ones who created the cosmology you believe in. The, you know, the New Age movement, everything, Hollywood, Hollywood was Catholic and Jesuit owned. The Jesuits are the ones who had all the theaters in Europe with Shakespeare. Now, of course, Shakespeare's probably even, not even an ex a real person. Mother of abominations of the earth. Again, if you trace all the, the abominations, it goes back to the mother of the abominations. And so history testifies against the Catholic Church. It's not a pretty thing. And a lot of people don't know their history. That's why they're so deceived by these things. But it definitely applies, and you can go check that out in my series. There's so much I document there. I really encourage you to study and show yourself approved. But let's keep going. We're just at seven, Revelation 17, verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. Now, does this apply to America? Does it apply to Israel? Does it apply to the deep state? No, it doesn't. If you're honest with yourself and if you know your history, you know who this applies to, especially all the other identifiers so far, and there's still several more. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, God does not give you any wiggle room to get this wrong. But people are very deceived because they've bought into Mystery Babylon's eschatology, and so they, they're just deceived. But she's drunk with the blood of the saints. There's no other candidate for that than the Catholic Church. The Sunday law persecutions, the Crusades, by proxy through Islam, through communism, Jesuits started the French Revolution, Illuminati, Adam Weishaupt was the one who started the Illuminati, he was a Jesuit-trained operative. The Jacobins were working with the Jesuits to start the French Revolution. And what did the French Revolution do? It, it led to atheism and secularism and communism. The Bolsheviks were propped up by the Jesuits. Then the Bolsheviks got out of control, just like the Muslims did. And so they propped up Hitler. Dark first light to kind of balance things out. Do you see the mother abominations yet? I hope you do. 
because history testifies against this power being drunk with the blood of the saints. More people, there's no other organization in history that has killed more believers, either directly through things like the Inquisition, the Crusades, the persecution of the Reformers, persecution of Sunday laws. Those are direct things, killed plenty of Christians. Or indirectly through propagating her abominations like Islam, communism, Hollywood, all these different poisons to the earth. So this definitely checks out and there's no greater power that identifies this. It's certainly not the United States. The United States has only been around for 250 years and Christians were not really persecuted in the United States. So learn your history. But let's see what John has to say with the rest of this. Verse seven, but the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and 10 horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Again, this is election, predestination. This is another reason why Protestants have lost the Reformation today, because they are synergistic. They have abandoned this primary teaching of the Bible. Excuse me. Foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Now, this is a very, very important identifier because you have a woman who is a prostitute, meaning a church, an apostate church. Now, we've identified that church over and over again, but now God gives you just another one just to make sure you don't get this wrong. She sits on seven mountains. Now, there's only two places in the world that could qualify as a place of seven mountains or seven hills. One of them is Istanbul, which used to be Constantinople, which is where Constantine unified church and state. Isn't that interesting? That's where it all began. Now, the second one is probably much more relevant, which is Rome. Rome is called the city of seven hills. There's no other place on the face of the earth that has seven hills or seven mountains. And certainly Rome is the home of the church, the Vatican, the woman who is dressed in red and purple and is very opulent. So she sits on seven hills. Isn't that interesting? There's no other place on the face of the earth. And the Bible tells it to you straight. And people still think this is the deep state or United States. My goodness. Verse 10, they are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Now I talk about this, this this is a little more complex. complex. I talk about this in the series and, and what these could be. But again, either way, it still points you back to Mystery Babylon being the papacy and the, the final union of church and state really is what it is. Verse 11, as for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. Again, I talk about all this stuff. And the 10 horns that you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. Now, this is a final situation that's being described. And interestingly enough, if you know your history, in the 70s, the Club of Rome published a map of the world with 10 nation states type of situation, 10 kingdoms, kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, 10 kingdoms. Isn't that interesting? That's their plan for the world. They have 10 basically representative kingdoms. This was 50 years ago. And so this is telling you 
2,000 years ago, that there are 10 kings that will give their power to the beast, meaning the whole world will give their power to this final iteration, to this church-state union. 2,000 years ago, and God is warning you very clearly. Verse 13, they are of one mind and they hand their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And those with him are called chosen and faithful. So all of this that hasn't happened yet is designed to basically try to rally people against the return of Christ and they're going to lose, obviously. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the 10, by the way, actually, I, I will say something on this one. Waters represent peoples and multitudes and nations and languages, meaning the first beast from the sea arises from a very populated area. Rome, the Middle East, that whole area was constantly under focus for, for Bible prophecy because that was a very tumultuous area. But when you look at the second beast, which is also a political power and has the same power as the first beast, meaning it's a world power, it's a superpower, it comes out of the earth, meaning it comes out of a place that's not very important politically. The only candidate for that, meaning a superpower that came, came out of a place that was kind of a little place nowhere, is the United States. And I talk about that again in my series, but just a little note. Verse 16, and the 10 horns that you saw there, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So they're going to be deceived. They're going to hand their power over to the beast. They're going to lose and they're going to decide and realize, wow, we've been duped. We're going to destroy the beast. That we're going to destroy this woman. That's what. Ha- that's not yet. That's going to happen very much at the final moments of time, when Christ has returned and judgment is carried out. Now, the interesting thing about that verse sixteen, again, it points back to the identity of this woman. She is burned with fire. Now, that's something that maybe you can gloss over if you don't really know your Old Testament, if you don't remember your Old Testament. But there is a very specific punishment for a woman caught in adultery. If that woman is just a run-of-the-mill woman, normal citizen, she's to be stoned. But if that woman is the daughter of the priest, the high priest, she's burned with fire. Now, isn't that something interesting? Because the woman, right, the, the prostitute, she's supposed to be who is the high priest? Let's put it that way. It's Jesus. She's supposed to be faithful. She's supposed to be a daughter of the king, but she's a prostitute. So just as a daughter of the high priest in the Old Testament was burned with fire, so too will this woman, who was an apostate church, trying to be a counterfeit and being a spiritual adulteress, she's going to be burned with fire. So again, further proof that this woman is not a symbol of America or the deep state or whatever else you want to think of. It's the it's the Vatican. It's the papacy that set itself up between man and God. It's the institutionalization of religion, of Christianity specifically. It's the counterfeit kingdom. Again, you're looking at something spiritual being turned into something physical. And of course, the last verse really seals it, 
seals the deal. Let's see. Verse 18, and the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. So this woman, who is a church, who wears red and purple, who sits on seven hills, meaning Rome, is also a great city that reigns over the kings of the earth. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you know any city that is home to a church that is in Rome that reigns over the kings of the earth? Hopefully you do. It's called the Vatican. Vatican was made official in 1929 when the Lateran Pact was signed by Mussolini and Cardinal, I forget his name, and the San Francisco Chronicle titled it, said something like, Healing the Wound. Because the political wound that was given to the beast by itself in 1798 was healed. The Pope got his territories back. The Vatican was created. But spiritually, the wound is healing. The wound needs to heal over time, spiritually. Because spiritually, it requires the image of the beast to be built so that people can give their power and worship to this Christian nationalist system once again. So that takes a little more time. But politically, that wound was healed in 1929 where the Pope was basically recognized again, and, you know, the Vatican was created. But since then, the Vatican has been the city that reigns over the kings of the earth. So instead of looking at Israel being a state and saying, oh my gosh, we're, we must be in the end times because Israel is now officially a state. Instead, you should look at the fact that the Vatican has been created. Prior to 1929, there was no Vatican. There was Rome. And of course, Rome applies to this too as well, because Rome is called the Eternal City, the Great City, right? Rome was the capital of the Roman Empire that reigned over the kings of the earth. And of course, that is even more fulfilled with the advent of the Vatican in 1929, which is now this sovereign city-state, independent of all rule and authority, and yet completely in control of everybody else by proxy. So, you now have a better idea, hopefully, of who Mystery Babylon is. I really hope you do. And again, I really lovingly and sternly encourage you to go watch my end time series and refer to the Mystery Babylon episodes because Babylon is not falling. Babylon is not fallen. Babylon is actually rising. And if you believe that she's falling, you're going to fall into the trap yourself that everybody else is going to fall into. When the big bad boogeyman of communism is finally conquered and the light is ushered in and we the people have been victorious and we're back to a nationalist system that cares about the people, getting back to good old-fashioned values and the common good, which is another Jesuit term. And it seems like we're just going back to good things, you know, like religion and good values. You have to ask yourself, who will be the moral authority to broker peace who will be the moral authority to determine what the common good is? Who will be the moral authority to, to tell you what is what? That's the question to ask. Because right now the world is being prepped for world peace. And that world peace will be fulfilled by the Pope. It'll be a false peace. But the Pope is the one shaking everybody's hand. Everybody bows down to the Pope. And when America has fulfilled its role in creating a Christian nationalist system, probably with Trump, but if Trump doesn't come back, then whoever the next guy will be. But right now, all this stuff with Biden and everything that you're seeing, it's just on purpose to make you 
really hate the bad cop so that when the good cop comes in, you say, oh, thank God, somebody with some sense in their minds. Oh, you want to do Christian nationalism? Sure, yeah, let's do it. That just is way better than all those tranny story hours and you know taxation and, and globalism. Do you see how these things work? The narrow road is a road that is narrow. It doesn't go to the left or to the right. The Bible says, do not swerve to the left or to the right over 16 times. And it does so for very good reason, because that's where the devil gets you. He's a master of duality, folks. The devil is a genius, and you need to realize that the devil uses duality to throw you off balance. If he can't get you with communism and the atheism and, you know, all the dark stuff, liberalism, he's going to get you with Christian nationalism, with dominionism, the seven mountain mandate. Who do you think sits on seven mountains? The Bible warns you and tells you who sits on seven mountains. It's the mystery Babylon, the whore of Babylon, the prostitute who wants to bring all the harlots back to herself, who will have all the kings of the earth for a period of time give their power to her. So when you hear the seven mountain mandate in Christian circles and dominionist circles, you need to perk up because it's not the truth. It is a lie from the pit of hell. But God has decreed these things and they will happen. You cannot stop Babylon from rising. You cannot stop Mystery Babylon from taking power and the kings of the earth giving their power to Mystery Babylon. So that's another point to remember that when you search on these online forums, YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, and, you know, they say, oh, Mystery Babylon has fallen, like, like as if you're in on it. Like you're in on the scoop. Oh, that's the scoop. Like Mr. Babylon is falling. Oh my gosh, we get to be witnesses to that. Do you really think that that's what's going to happen? That the whole world is going to be in on Mystery Babylon falling? No way, man. The devil's not going to play his hand. The devil is going to obtain worship because that's what God has decreed to separate the elect from the non-elect. Because you'll need supernatural intervention to wake up to the deception that's coming. And I hope that this episode has planted a seed, has helped you, because there are a lot of people who are deceived on these issues, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Spread the truth while you can, and stay strong, cling to the Lord, and learn your history. Until next time, take it easy, and take care. Hey, thanks for being here. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you want in-depth Bible studies, free resources, encouragement, or if you just want to get in touch with me, check out danceoflife.com. Until next time, God bless.